You're listening to the MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update Podcast. Shortly before midnight uh, last night, the... Uh Twitter space or the X space was a buzz uh, leading up to, uh, well, after the show ended yesterday, I went home and sort of the couple of hours leading up to midnight, uh, there were a lot of spe- there was a lot of speculation around what's happening, whether or not we've got the approval from the SEC. There was an SEC document that was dropped uh, that was subsequently removed and the page crashed and there was a lot going on uh, yesterday. And the, the conclusion and the summary of that was that uh, around, uh, I think it was about 25 to 12 uh, South African Time, which was after U.S. close, the Bitcoin, uh, the Securities Securities Exchange Commission in the U.S. officially confirmed that they had approved uh, Bitcoin ETFs, and within minutes, the. Twitter space, the X space was a buzz with Bitcoin ETF hashtag trending and having over 130,000 posts uh, within the hour. So obviously very, very big news came out uh, there and it has had an, ef- an effect on the crypto space. And to take a look at that effect, I'm joined by the CEO of Avala. Uh, that's Fazam Esani. Fazam, thanks so much uh, for the time. Always a pleasure speaking to you. The decision that happened overnight goes beyond Bitcoin. Let's let's start there. Let's start unpacking the decision and see what does that mean for the crypto world in general. Yeah, good evening. It's lovely to be with you again. Um, this is really a watershed moment for the crypto industry overall, particularly because it's a spot Bitcoin ETF and particularly because it's from the Securities Exchange Commission out of the United States of America, the largest economy in the world. Now, it's important to note there are ETFs in other parts of the world that do exist. There's a futures ETF already uh, in the United States that was approved in 2021, which made this ETF's uh, approval all the more perplexing why it's taken so long. It's taken about uh, 10 years since the first applications were made to the Securities Exchange Commission for this to be approved. And it's particularly important because, you know, the, the largest asset managers of the world are the ones that are behind a lot of these ETFs, the likes of BlackRock, Fidelity, and others. And this really opens the door for the first time for the public to be able to get access to this asset class, Bitcoin specifically, through your traditional brokerage channels that uh, you, know, you can go and buy a stock or another S&P 500 in index, and now you can buy a, a spot Bitcoin ETF as well. So I think it's going to be opening uh, a lot of doors for people to come into this industry. But one thing that's very critical to note about a spot Bitcoin ETF is that it's the first time in history that we've got an ETF that's available to the public whose supply of the asset is absolutely limited. That's never happened before. And so I, I know your previous caller was talking about the market cap of gold being at 14 trillion and uh, Bitcoin being about a trillion right now. Um, And I think that kind of shows where we are in the maturity of this asset class, which is we're still, we're only 15 years into the establishment of Bitcoin, the first time a crypto asset came into existence. That's a very young, that's a teenager. And so we expect a lot of growth to be coming from this announcement. And I expect other jurisdictions to follow in the months and years ahead. Fazam, you mentioned something quite interesting about the uh, limited uh, availability. And um, as you're mentioning this, I see there's uh, commentary uh, from uh, another one of the big uh, 
producer or one of the uh, ETF uh, makers actually, um, and that is in the form of ARK Invest, uh, the alternative asset manager. Uh, Kathy Wood has said she's called Bitcoin at six hundred thousand dollars by twenty thirty as a base case, um, and we're at forty six thousand now. Does that make sense? And where do we where do we think that institutions are sitting on uh, Bitcoin and on cryptos as a whole? I mean, Jamie Dimon came out last night before this approval to say that Bitcoin is only used for uh, nefarious activities, and he mentioned uh, three or four of them. And yet, J.P. Morgan, the company he is the CEO of, is involved in the ETF space. Uh, where do we think? institutions sit where it, when it comes to the crypto space? Are they coming alive to the fact that they are going to be involved or are they already involved and they're just not telling us? I, I love that, you know, that the, the, the CEO of one of the largest banks in the world is, is you know, uh, very bearish on this asset class. And that kind of shows just how early we are. There's still so much of a divergence of opinion on this asset class. But the fact remains that, you know, his institution, as an example, is definitely involved, is supporting this as a class. So those are his personal views. But the world is moving on. And to your point about the, you know, the projections, um, you know, right now, as I mentioned, Bitcoin's market cap, the market value of all Bitcoin in existence is just shy of one trillion U.S. dollars. If you were to match the prior the, the the valuation of gold, as we mentioned, that's a f- basically more than a 14x increase of where we are, which effectively gets to your base case of uh, Kathy Wood's six hundred thousand um, dollars kind of base case in by 20, 2030. Now there are many that will say, you know, that that's fine and it's a lovely comparison, but there are many aspects and characteristics of Bitcoin that far surpass that of gold. It's digital. It can be transferred from one point of the globe to another within minutes at a fraction of the cost of gold. It's, it can be self-custodied, which is much more difficult uh, with gold. And so many people expect this digital version of gold, some people call Bitcoin uh, gold 2.0, to far exceed the market cap and the market valuation of, of uh, gold. And in that case, uh, there are many calls to see over the next decade prices of uh, in excess of a, a million dollars per Bitcoin. Fazam, let's take a look at the ETF decision that came through today and the impact that it now has on uh, other cryptos and other investment opportunities. We will, we know that next up for Bitcoin is, of course, that Bitcoin halving, and that'll go through uh, as the previous halving went through uh, without any real concerns there. But let's take a look at the what, what this actually means for other cryptos and other investment opportunities that retail investors might want to be looking at. Can we anticipate that um, there'll be more ETFs made available, not necessarily for Bitcoin? Uh, And if we are looking towards other ETFs for other cryptos and the, the entire crypto landscape, are we pushing closer towards regulation or are we still dealing in a decentralized environment that just happens to have a, a couple of products that are regulated? So I think there's two things to note. Number one, I think this kind of paves the way for many other jurisdictions to introduce uh, Bitcoin or spot Bitcoin ETFs in their in their jurisdictions. I think we'll see South Africa follow suit soon. Valor is, uh, has been in discussions with many of these. We, we, we hope to be the custodians of those in the future. I think that will happen in South Africa and elsewhere. 
uh, I think we need to temper our expectations with regard to other crypto assets, particularly coming out of the SEC's narrative that they put out. You know, they talked about Bitcoin, which is a non-security. But there has been a lot of uh, resistance to defining other crypto assets and whether they are securities or not. And so I think we will see a lot more uh, kind of resistance to that. But I think in time, it is bound to come. I just, I'm just tempered in my expectation of how fast that will be, given that it's taken 10 years to get to this point. But if you take a step back and have a much larger horizon, I think this is a very first step in a much larger narrative about an asset class that is going mainstream that will have its rightful place in retirement funds, investment portfolios of the masses now. It's available to be there. It will still remain volatile, and I think people will need to be very careful because even though there are these massive calls for these high prices, there's a tremendous amount of volatility. And so I think those wise asset managers will be allocating a fair share. And when I say fair, I mean I'm talking about a low you know, percentage into those funds. But the point is that it is starting, and that universe is so huge. And so we expect it to, to effectively follow suit, as I said, in other uh, products around the world and also those other crypto assets that you talked about in time but not necessarily immediately. Fazam, I love that you brought in the asset manager angle because that was going to be the next question is uh, from a retirement point of view, from a long-term uh, outlook point of view, uh, would asset managers now be thinking this is something we can include in in terms of asset classes? And I suppose you answered that uh, in part to say that they, they would be looking to dip their toes in the water, not necessarily commit uh, all the way. What would it take for them to uh, commit all the way? Is it just a, a matter of wanting to see a more mature market and a more mature uh, situa- uh, environment? Or is it they want regulation because they have to have regulation in place? You know, asset, asset managers are often looking for, uh, you know, diversity, uh, divi- diversifying per- portfolios, uh, looking at sharp ratios, etc. And when you look at these things, you know, there is a very rightful place for an asset like Bitcoin in a larger portfolio. Historically, the story has been that, you know, it takes a brave soul to be in that traditional you know, asset management space to propose having Bitcoin in the portfolio. And that was a very risky move at that time because there are people that have done that to do that. I think we're moving to a world in which it's going to be risky not to do that because more and more people are going to be coming in. And if we do see the large moves in price because of the limited supply of Bitcoin, then the natural question that asset manager in time is to say, well, everybody else has been doing this. It makes sense logically, given all those metrics that we're looking at. Why did you not include this in your portfolio? Obviously, in a measured perspective. But I think we are at that stage where that transition is happening from when it was too risky to include in a portfolio to a point where now it's probably getting to the point that it's too risky not to include in a portfolio. How things change overnight. I know you mentioned that this has been 15 years in the making, but if you just think about uh, where crypto was in 2016 or in 2014, uh, less than 10 years ago, uh, versus where we are now, a lot of the progression has happened very, very rapidly. uh, And I suppose it'll continue to happen at uh, that rate, I think, as we uh, include more education and more uh, information in the public domain around cryptos. And as people discover these more and more, uh, it'll definitely 
drive a lot more interest and a lot more sentiment. Um, for some final question from my side, there was a, a study that was done in South Africa actually that said that uh, by 2030, I believe, more than 40% of the South African population will be exposed to crypto in some way or another or will be holding crypto assets in some form or, or another. Do you think 40% is a conservative estimate uh, considering how rapid these sorts of de- developments unfold? That would be my hope and my aspiration. I think we need to be careful uh, and, uh, again, temper ourselves and our excitement about these these happenings is that, you know, uh, Bitcoin and crypto is still very, very volatile. Uh, the nature of the South African population is that there are many groups and, and a large proportion of our population that doesn't have, uh, you know, discretionary income to invest in, you know, investment classes. And so while I think that by 2030 we will start moving in that direction, I am also one of those people that says, you know, crypto is not for everyone at the moment because it's still extremely volatile. And so as we we solve some of our social problems in South Africa and as Bitcoin becomes a bit more mainstream and the volatility starts to reduce, I can definitely see that happening. And in fact, I see that going much higher in time. But I think there is a, a, a path to be taken and that path will have volatility, ups and downs. Um, and so I think we just need to be measured in our in, in our anticipation of what this means. There's been a, a remarkable episode that we've just happened, but this is in the context of social um, kind of considerations, particularly for a place like South Africa. So I think it's the first step. It's going to, to be a great path forward. We need to remain measured, and I think it will touch the masses in the next few years and definitely within the next decade. Responsible investing. I love to hear it. Thanks so much, Fazam. Uh, that's Fazam Esani, who is the CEO of Valor, giving us his thoughts on the latest uh, announcement from the Securities Exchange Commission in the US that Bitcoin ETFs have been approved. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb SAFM market update podcast, uploaded weekdays at 7 p.m. For more MoneyWeb podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the app. And follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.